Today is June 29th. What seems like an imperfect series in Oakland turned into quite the perfect series. Brian Hoke is with us. Let's talk some Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boyd. John Boyd, Jake. Brian Hoke. Recaps galore. Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks presented by SeatGeek Code Yanks. Your first time using it. Special guest for a special memory. Brian Hoke, uh, maybe the most number one guest in Talking Yanks history. I think you and Curry are in a duel. It's you two in a duel. Good company right there. Ruko sneaking up too. We'll we'll have to. I think you guys are ahead of Ruko. He he needs to do maybe two more to be back in the con. You guys need to start giving out those jackets like they do on Saturday Night Live, where you can be part of the Five Timers Club. Because I would like a nice jacket. And I think you're there. I think at definitely five, right? If not. I mean, guys, that was probably a five in year one for you guys. Yeah. Remember remember those days? Uh, Remember that uh, snazzy little upstart, the uh, the little engine that could? Two little boys in a basement. The the train that could. Uh, Brian Hoke, how are you? You are uh, (laughs) your your home. You just made both of us laugh because you had a decision to make which series (laughs) you were going to. How are you doing, Brian? Oopsie. Well, if you had told me Domingo Herman was going to pitch a perfect game, I would have picked the Oakland Coliseum. But on paper, kind of figured cross-country flight, not really a uh, a sexy series out there. I made the wrong call, guys. And so I'm uh, bright and early getting on a plane to St. Louis tomorrow, and I'll be there for the weekend series. But, uh, yeah, I was with you guys on the edge of our seats all watching on TV last night. Well, the consolation prize of not being there is being able to talk about it on Talking Yanks. And uh, I was excited to see you, Brian, because we are doing an event uh, with Joe's McFly, you and myself talking about your book, 62 at the Strand in New York City. Did I get everything right? You got it right. Yeah, July 13. Nice plug there. I appreciate that. Yeah, Yeah, the book is uh, 62, Aaron Judge, the New York Yankees and the Pursuit of Greatness. And if you follow me on social media, I've been beating you over the head with it for weeks. (laughs) I apologize, but got to do everything I can to get this book out. And uh, I think uh, I think Yankee fans and baseball fans are going to love it. We're going to have some fun on July 13, uh, ripping on each other, I'm sure. And uh, we'll have some laughs and sign some books and kiss some babies we'll do we'll do all of it you got quite a laugh from a couple people in the office when it was listed that me and joe's mcfly will be on a panel or i I think (laughs) it i forget how it was phrased but people were like are you guys gonna be okay and i was like i think it's me (laughs) and joe's talking about the judge home run race so we we've got that we don't have much else but we've got that that's what i wanted you guys for and you're fun you'll keep it lively we'll uh we'll keep the audience engaged and um we'll we'll basically we'll be doing this we'll be talking yanks in person so i think it's going to be a lot of fun and it's been a while since we were able to do that you remember we did one in spring training right in 2020 right before the world got weird we were there it was me you guys mike talkman uh, at zydeco brew works in tampa yes um that was fun we had some brews we had some laughs we talked some baseball and then the world got weird. So uh, let, let's try for uh, round two on that one. 
Well, we will get weird in our own way July 13th. Um, Brian, you know, uh, I called a little bit of an audible. Normally, we do a little bit of groundskeeping. Uh, you know, who's on and off the IL. That's usually a big segment in talking Yanks and Yankee <laughs> land. Uh, and any other thing that comes up before we get into the games. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm a sucker for the people. And I think there's one thing that a lot of the people are here for. So I think we get into it with... The burn of the perfect game. A perfect night for baseball in Oakland. Domingo on Mircoles. Herman and the Yanks would go shopping for a win at Sears with JP on the bump and get back to their winning ways after their worst loss of the season. <laughs> Top four, hit the music. Giancarlo, let the rhythm take you over. Giancarlo, te quiero. Solo homers, Higgy Smalls, sicker than your average, with the RBI double, but the small ball from the Volpe bunt and three RBI singles. It's six in the fifth, and it's seven-nothing Yankees, but none of that would be the story. Like a bad middle school party, nobody has gotten a first base in the seventh inning. In the eighth, a 3-1 count to Jonah Bride, but no groom in sight in the ninth. Domingo was the Herman tonight. A curve that carved up the A's and carved him a place in baseball history. Nine innings, 99 pitches, zero hits, zero walks for number zero. He joins Don, David, and David with the Yankees' perfect game. We're getting Higgy with it in Oakland. Yankees win 11-0 final. Ryan, that uh, that burn was brought to you by Shady Rays. Um, you mentioned you're going to St. Louis tomorrow. I'm going to Chicago, and I'm wearing my <laughs> Shady Rays all weekend NASCAR event. Sure, uh, and I'll be wearing my Shady Rays. And what I love about Shady Rays, their lost and broken replacement guarantee. If I get a little weird in Chicago, I lose these bad boys. I reach out to the good people at Shady Rays. I say, "Oops, my bad." And they say, no problem. We will send you a new pair. So when you get a pair of Shady Rays, they're basically for life and exclusively for our listeners with code YANKS at ShadyRays.com. You get 50% off two-plus pairs of premium polarized shades. Summer's full-blown here. It's going to be 100 degrees in St. Louis. Summer is here. Get yourself a pair. Get yourself a couple pairs of Shady Rays. Uh, There's a link in the description, code YANKS. Um... Ryan Hoke, you mentioned uh, you were not in Oakland. Whenever there's something like a perfect game, we all have our perfect game stories. I I have mine. I revealed it uh, on Talking Baseball a little earlier today. Walk me through the day, the game. Uh, walk me through the Brian Hoke uh, views of it. Oh, I was home, so this is family time for me. So I got Penny and Maddie and yes. my wife Connie, of course, and you know we were out out and about doing what you do on a rare night off. And I had the game on, of course. I was listening to uh, Justin and Susan on the radio, nice. and then around the fifth inning, I said something's happening here. And so we got home, and we had just gotten back from dinner, and let's watch the game, and then let's watch it a little more. And then uh, that's when it really started getting interesting uh, there. And I think that that's when you don't get up. That's when you you stay put. And uh, we were counting outs just like everybody else. And it was cool. You know, it's cool that uh, obviously – 
it's late night for the kids, but uh, they're allowed to stay up when there's a, a perfect game intact. So they both stayed up for it. They were both up for the final out. They got to watch post game, which is cool. And um, yeah, I, I kind of had to explain to both of them what a perfect game is and how meaningful that is. Uh, look, we haven't, there's been what, 24 in the history of Major League Baseball. I haven't seen one since 2012 and King Felix. So I, I told Penny, who's now six going on seven, this is not happening in your life yet. Yeah. And it was pretty cool that a a Yankee did it, which is, of course, her favorite team. So, uh, no, we had to – it became a nice little family moment for us, no doubt. Well, that's uh, – Brian, that's pretty cool, man. Like, you know, as as someone who's gotten lucky enough to know a lot of the beat writers and stuff, the, the, the job can be tough sometimes and grueling on the road in that lifestyle. The fact you got to enjoy it with the family, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was, you know. Uh, and, uh, but I'm not going to lie to you. The, uh, during point – like in the eighth inning there, I'm kind of like, oh man, I should be there. Like I should be <laughs> there for this. Like I missed the Kluber one too, uh, the no hitter in oh. Texas, because that was still, and we talked about COVID, we were still not full travel right. at that point. And so it was kind of a bare bones skeleton crew. I don't think it was even full attendance for Corey Kluber in Texas. And, you know, hey, credit for Kyle Higashioka. Higgy's done two of these now. He's done a no hitter and a perfect game. And something that uh, David Cohn said, it really jumps out at me is now, Domingo Herman and Kyle Higashioka are going to be signing autographs together for the end of time. Right. Like I worked at a mall back in uh, West Nyack, New York, Palisade Center Mall when I was in college. And we had Don Larson and Yogi Berra come in for an autograph signing. And I remember the line was going around the, uh, the store, past the macaroni grill, out to the parking lot. Everybody waiting to see Yogi and Don Larson. That's going to be Domingo and Kyle Higashioka when they're long done and and you know, their, their playing days are a decade behind them. They can still do autograph signings and people are going to want to go see them. That's pretty cool. The, the Higgy Domingo part of this is, is wild for a lot of different reasons. And I, I want to come back to that. Um, and yeah, that, that picture started circling on Twitter of, uh, the perfect game crew and, and Yogi and Don are wearing those kind of ridiculous, like yellow Yankee uniforms. And I, I know, I remember there was a talking Yanks. We had a good laugh over that. Cause I think they said, they were like, you know, the unis weren't this color. We had white. Yeah, uniforms. Yogi. I remember I was there the, the last day at the old stadium. Yogi kind of, you know, we were talking to him about it and he was in the dugout and he goes, they didn't look like this. And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yogi's way. That's not how it doesn't look right. Yeah. Was, All right. But, it looked good in the photos. Basically a way of like labeling them as old, which just ended up being ridiculous. Um, something that got a head tilt out of me and BBD today was Jeff Nelson was on the call for these games. And he said, I've seen all three in person. And we all let out a, oh, that's right. like that's pretty nuts. Jeff Nelson, who calls a, a handful of Yankee games a year, he happens to be on the call for that. Uh, the Fordham boys, you mentioned our guy, Justin mm -hmm. Shackle on the radio, him and Ruko, who are like the like, uh, professional world version of me and Jimmy, like <laughs> college buddies, like <laughs> uh, actually kind of went about it the right way. The, the fact that they're both on the call, uh, it becomes starting part of those perfect game stories. I, I will give mine. I'll, I'll try to be high and tight with it because it's it's a it's a loose Jake story. Uh, my wife, Jessica, she said she had uh, like a networking thing or something. I don't know. Missed that part of it. But basically, I was told I was alone for dinner and we do not have food. So I, hmm. I end up staying late at the office. It's around 7 p.m. And I was like, you know what? I want some good Mexican food. It's, it's like not what the city's known for. 
but I want a taco and a mark. Like I'm, you know, while I'm living in this city, I want to go somewhere. So I, I walked around somewhat aimlessly. It's a, one of my signatures popped up Mark taco. There was top gun, the original on at the bar with subtitles. So I was having myself a nice little culture gentleman night in the city um, you know, then it's 8.30, I start walking home, I see two, a brother and a sister I grew up with, Casey and Diana, hadn't seen them in years, have a beer with them, go home, Yanks offense, game starts going, the offense goes in the fourth and the fifth, and then I kind of had that moment of, again, Brian, I was pretty hurt by the first game, a lot of Yankee fans were, that I was just in, let's win this game, let's win this series, let's move on, let's... You know, I don't want to think about the Yankees' offense anymore. Like, let's get to St. Louis. You know, I think a lot of Yankee fans were in the same boat. And kind of like you said, you know, when you see those zeros on the scoreboard in the fifth or sixth inning, that changes you. And you're like, you start watching every pitch a little more intense. And it just kept going and going. And Domingo's curveball was incredible. That's been highlighted today and last night. Um and a, a little kudos to the Yes Crew staying in the ninth inning. I thought that was really cool that they didn't uh, go to commercial and, and they kind of let it breathe and let it ride in the ninth inning. So you know we're a little biased there now, but uh, I did think that was cool and uh, it, it, made it, it made it feel a little more different because you do forget. We see no hitters in perfect games and they get lumped together for obvious reasons, but a perfect game is different. Absolutely. No, and you're right, yes. They know what they're doing over there at the Yes Network. Don't yeah. They? Ryan Rucco had a great call on it. Yeah, having Nelly in the booth, that was a uh, stroke of great luck. That, <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten the fact that, yeah, he was there for both Cone and for uh, for Will. So that that is awesome. And obviously, he could lend that perspective to it. There's probably a very short list of people who have been in the building for both of those. I, I remember Girardi used to talk about that a lot, mm. about, you know, oh, yeah, I was there for both of them, and he only caught one of them. But – um, yeah, he wasn't there last night, I'm pretty sure, unless he bought a ticket, which right. uh, I guess he could have. Yeah, there was plenty of good seats available. How crazy <laughs> that, is that? That's, that's a subplot to it that, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's happening in the background of this, the A's with the their unknown future here. And there's talk about the team eventually moving to Las Vegas. And um, yeah, and then yeah, to have history just kind of come out of nowhere. And Domingo, by the way who had gotten rocked in his last two starts. I think he, what, given up 15 earned runs uh, combined in the last two. And then he comes in there and he just finds magic. And you're right, the curveball was the key. And he threw that more last night than uh, any other game he's ever pitched. 99 pitches, he was efficient. Um, The A's just didn't have a chance against him. And obviously the game became a blowout and the Yankees could just kind of peel away. And you knew there was only one reason to still be watching that game in the eighth and ninth innings. And it was to see if we were going to get to see some history there. And we did. And it was great. Yes, did a great job with it. And, um, you know, watching from home. I loved it. I I think some other perfect game stuff usually check off. Everyone goes for the highlight play. Rizzo has the diving stop in the fifth. It, um... You know, I think if we went through all 24 perfect games and we did best defensive play in that game, it might be like 15 to 20 range. I don't, yeah, it I was, don't even think it's the top 10. It yeah. was a good play. I've seen Rizzo make better plays, and but a ball like that, it's a play that I expect Rizzo to make nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100. I mean, 
it was a ball, what, to his left, a ground ball. He smothered it, and he made the play, and he did what Anthony Rizzo was supposed to do. So I, that speaks to Herman and how in control he was. Like they, If that was the closest they came to getting a hit, I didn't like their chances last night. Yeah, and that uh, the the only other thing that really jumps out to me before I I you know wanted to dive further into Domingo and then tying Higgy into that, uh, the Jonah Bride at bat. It's it's the eighth inning. It's full blown. Everyone in the building knows what's going on. You can't be there and not know what's going on anymore. And it's three one, and the curveball's been his go to pitch, and it's okay. So are you gonna? Are you gonna throw that? Are you gonna go back to the fastball? If you you know, if you oversnap that bad boy a little bit. Um, and for me, that was the big moment of kind of really remembering the difference between a perfect game and a no-hitter fully. Like the mm-hmm. fact that if if he bounces that pitch, the bubble is completely burst. Like uh, the no-hitter could still happen and it'd still be sure. exciting and, and all of that. But the perfect game bubble is just a little different, and he locks in, and he throws a couple great ones in there that I was like, wow, that takes, uh, you know, even in front of a, a third empty coliseum, you know, 12,000 people, to have everyone getting loud, everyone knowing the situation and having to throw a couple in there, that, uh, that's always something that I find just crazy impressive. You know what I always say, stick with the girl you brought to the dance, right? And the <laughs> curveball was his best pitch yeah. tonight. The reason we're talking about a Domingo Herman perfect game is because his curveball was on. And they, they, the secondary pitches were fine, but the curveball is the reason he threw a perfect game. And so I think uh, credit to him for recognizing that, for understanding that that was his go-to pitch. And it was the pitch he obviously had the most confidence in, even with a 3-1 count. And uh, yeah, no, obviously... If he bounces it and he winds up walking the guy, I mean, he probably still throws a no hitter, and we're we're still probably having this close to the same conversation. But yeah, that that definitely jumps out to me as a uh, a moment that we're gonna be talking about. There is uh, wow, he uh, he had so much faith in his curveball that he threw it on a three one count there and lived to tell the story. Now there, there's a part of this that has to be talked about, and it's not normally where people go to talk in Yanks for their information, but it's also, you you mentioned, and I, I made the joke about the the two little boys in the basement talking Yankees. Uh, one of the first things we ever... Excuse me? What's what? that? Uh, what? Excuse me? <laughs> Did I join this in already in progress? Did I miss something? I think those were my words. I don't know. Um, <laughs> one of the first things we got invited to is like the talking Yanks guys was CC's Gala in 2019, mm-hmm. and we saw you there, and yeah. we were... We didn't know what we were doing. We were kind of in awe and we're like, we're kind of not media. And here's. I remember you guys being there. That's right. We hung out a little bit. And there's Edwin Encarnacion in a giant green Hummer. And Booney comes by and says hi. And Tyler Wade's like, whoa, we do look alike. And it, you know, there's just a lot of different (laughs) stuff going on. And then the next day, the story is very different. Uh, The Domingo Herman domestic violence, domestic assault. Story starts to come out, and he gets suspended, I think, for 81 games that overlaps into the COVID season. And, you know, where for us, it was kind of one of those moments like, wow, like this is starting to become a real thing for us. This is like a job, I guess, a career of sorts that we're going to have some stuff like this come across our plate, and you can't just goof and gaff around it. And 
I, I think where I've kind of landed and Jimmy's in a similar boat, I, I won't fully speak for him, but, uh, you know, wherever you want to land on Domingo Herman and whatever your opinion is, you kind of can, right? Like if you thought he should be suspended from baseball for life and that's your opinion, it, it's, it's hard to argue against you if, if you feel that way. Uh, baseball made their ruling on it. The Yankees have made their ruling on it. And also, you know, it's how much do you believe in second chances and maturing and, and getting older and getting better as a person that um, you're going to have your formulated opinion and I will never be able to touch that. Um, Domingo Herman has now been with the Yankees a while and we are four or five years removed from that. And it all comes to a, I don't know, I guess not a pinnacle, but um, here he is throwing a, a perfect game. Like you said, he will be signing autographs for the rest of his life. Um, I, I guess it, you're more of a wordsmith than me. I, we hopped in front of microphones as Buddy and started talking. I, I guess with all of that encompassing information, where, where should people be thinking or feeling or leaning or, or help us <laughs> – through that part of it. I, you know what? I, I can't tell people what they're supposed to be feeling or thinking because I have mixed feelings about it too. And yeah. uh, I, I don't want to gloss over that that happened. That was a real thing. And that was an ugly situation. He did serve the suspension. I believe in second chances. I think Pete Rose should have a second chance. I don't like, I'm not a fan of lifetime bans. Um, I, I think that, um, I think that he, Served that suspension. He went away. He lost all of the 2020 season, which was uh, more than we had initially expected. He kind of went through a lot. Um, I think he had a lot of time to reflect on it. Um, I, I don't really know what to tell people to think about that because it is such a complicated, complex matter. Uh, what I do know is that um, everything he has said publicly um, he's contrite about it and he's come back. Um, his teammates seem to have accepted him. And I remember there was a point, remember guys, when Zach Britton, yeah. and we were still on the zoom and Zach said, you don't get to choose who your teammates are sometimes. And I feel like he has kind of restored his place a little bit in that room. I don't think it's forgotten by any means. I think it's always going to be part of the story. Uh, it's a, Ugly part of the story uh, would not be my favorite part of the story if I was telling it, but I think it, to tell it completely, um, well, yeah, I don't want to fast forward past that and pretend it didn't happen. But um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, what he did on the field last night, that was special. And um, yeah, I think that uh, it, humans are complicated and uh, I, I'm not really sure exactly where I land on that, except that, yeah, I remember it. I haven't forgotten it. It's definitely part of it in my mind. But, um, you know, just watching him pitch last night, um, it, it was a terrific performance. And I think nobody can ever take away the perfect game from him. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, I, I kind of live life half full or I try to. And uh, it, it's not a perfect example. There's not a lot. But, you know, Michael Vick, uh, he had his whole dog fighting ring. And now he's uh, I think he's involved in the. APSCA or whatever I'm I'm screwing up the abbreviations there ASPCA. But, you know he he served his time and he's now involved and he's trying to do better and it's kind of what you hope for people and um you know I thought it was interesting when David Cohn called in during the post game and he said um you know again a very different example but David Wells who was kind of a um mm. uh what's the word an enigmatic figure of sorts uh, kind of after his perfect game that 
that kind of changed who he was as a person a little bit. And I, I guess if you want to be hopeful or optimistic, I mean, this, you know, coming from a Domingo Herman that we thought was like retiring via Instagram stories yes. and stuff, like maybe this, I don't know, maybe he can turn all of this into a good thing with that bad memory and grow and be better from it. But that could also be wishful thinking. So I don't know. Grow is the right word. I think he had a lot of growing up to do. And I think that's, I'm not, I don't want to say that's done. And I'm not going to pretend that I hang out with Domingo and know what's (laughs) going on in his personal life. I don't. Um, I I know what I see in the clubhouse and I know I see the way his teammates uh, act around him. And it seems like he's, welcome in that room whereas in 2020 when Zach Britton was on that zoom I didn't know what was going to happen there and I kind of felt he was on an island by himself and I feel like that has kind of come around where um and certainly I think it starts with the captain it starts with judge and you look at the way that uh, he treats all of his teammates and it's not kind of like a 25 and one situation I feel like they are together as a group and um you know you can just kind of judge based upon that judge uh not to use the word but um you kind of just look at it that way and try and get your read of the situation through that yeah and i i thought it was interesting and i hey again i know you're going to be on this a little more in a couple days and a couple hours um but yeah they said judge herman spoke the, to the team and judge spoke to the team which i thought that was that was pretty interesting as we've entered the the judge captain era and like like you said i mean you know I, I'm sure you have you have more than us as we we view from the outside world, but you know Domingo is he's part of that crew, and he's you know a, a lot of the Latin dudes love Domingo. I mean, you you see it on the from from our perspective, you see it on the bench and when they're goofing around. And you know, I saw uh, what was it the game? It might have been the game before that where they got hit by the foul ball, and Sevi and them are all laughing like he's <laughs> he's a part he's a part of this team. Um, and uh, yeah, interested to see what the next steps are. I think I think we're yeah, all. Yeah, he's part of this team, and even more so after what he did last night. So um, you know, no matter what the future holds, nobody can ever take away what was that June twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. It's a date he'll remember for the rest of his life. And I think the other side of it, uh, one of the more, I'll, I'll say, casually beloved Yankee figures, at, at least as we've been doing talking Yanks, is Kyle Higashioka for his. Um, kind of uh, opposite of me demeanor. He, he's very... He's, he is the opposite yeah, of you. You're he's right. very, very straightforward and, and serious while also having a light side and, you know, being a Dryer. music guy and sports Dude, guy. And, I have to tell you a story. Higgy please. plays the guitar. He can rip. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is great. Uh, we were in Seattle, what was that, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and there was an electric guitar in the clubhouse, in the visiting clubhouse at Safeco Field, or I'm still calling it Safeco. I don't care what it's called now. <laughs> um, it's T-Mobile Park. Yeah. Um, and it was signed by Eddie Vedder, and we were kind of checking it out, and Garrett came over, and he said, you know, hey, do you guys want to hear me play? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. And he's like, do you like Bush? And he started playing some of the songs from Bush, and uh, I think it was Glycerin. He started playing some licks from it. It sounded good. And then... Uh, we said, wow, that, that was really great. And he goes, you guys got to hear Higgy play. Mm-hmm. And so Higgy was on his way to the batting cage and Garrett stopped him and said, you got to play something for these guys. And Higgy was kind of what you're talking about there, the anti-Jake. And he was like, <laughs> uh, not really? Uh, and we were like, yeah, please just play something. And he was like, all right. And man, he he just shreds. He kind of did a medley of everything. <laughs> and um, 
I was very impressed. And um, yeah, multi-talented guy. And I actually think that if he wanted to play guitar professionally, I think he could get there. I think he's got the uh, the skill set for that. And so that was really cool. That was one of my favorite moments of the season so far. It's just kind of watching Kyle Higashioka drop his bat, takes off his batting gloves, and starts shredding on the electric guitar in the clubhouse. It was cool. I wish I could have taken video. No video allowed in the clubhouse yeah. uh, pregame, but I know. I'm sorry. Hey. But uh, it was uh, it was definitely a moment that I feel like the world should have seen. That uh, that video is for you. And I, I do think there's a... There's a fun aspect to this with these two that are, you know, Higgy is the longest tenured Yankee. He's 33. He's been on the big club for part of seven seasons, drafted out of high school. Uh, so, you know, you go back to 2008. Like, think about, um, you know, I, uh, you guys don't Where have Where were to, you in 2008? I was just going to say, I was, uh, I graduated high school in 2007. So I was. All right, I'm out of here. Yeah, I okay, knew, goodbye. I knew you did. Yeah. I knew BBD. <laughs> Nice talking to you. Uh, I graduated fifth grade in 2008. So um, think about where everyone was in 2008. Higgy has been with the New York Yankees, and you know, uh, being real about it, he's he's been mostly a backup platoon catcher, which isn't yes. normally a profession where guys stay that long with one team, especially anymore. I think a little bit back in. Uh, previous baseball years, if you kind of had your guy, they they suit. But now with modern baseball and always trying to get the edge and who's next, that you're you're walking a tight rope sometimes. And you know, Herman for everything else we just mentioned, these are two guys the Yankees kind of stuck with for a while for very different reasons. And here they are, and like you said, now they are connected literally forever. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, and I contrast it with the Kluber no hitter where. It was cool to see, but Corey Kluber was not a lifetime Yankee. You know, he was kind of a mercenary, a hired gun who came in there and just to help out the pitching staff a little bit. And yeah, to have two guys that you signed and developed and brought up through the ranks of the minor league system. And yeah, 2008 guys. I mean, I was covering the Yankees in 2008. I was a fresh faced uh, 25 year old. Yeah, I had some hair then, guys. That's how long ago that was. Yes. Yeah, and uh, that's not the case anymore. So, yeah, uh, closing of the old stadium, 2008. Boy, and that brings us full circle to uh, Yogi Berra sitting there in the uniform saying, this is what it looked like. Look at that. Look at that. Full circle. <laughs> um, I, I guess, Brian, we're, as we cover the rest of this series, is there anything pressing about uh, the perfect game or, or any of it that you, you think we need to hit now before we move on? About the perfect game? Um Oh, gosh, guys, we could talk about the perfect right. game for the entire hour. So, uh, no, I'd rather move on to some other topics because there's plenty of else we can talk about here. I want to talk a little bit about Josh Donaldson because I feel like that's an interesting storyline that's happening here. Um, and, you know, back on that last homestand, we had that uh, closed door chat with the uh, right i'm sure maybe they were just looking at highlights of the 2003 alcs i guess that's possible <laughs> they said they were just talking about baseball things i happen to think they were talking more about the fact he hadn't been in a lineup for three straight days and uh, he's come out and played i know it's the a's pitching staff and i kind of figured he was gonna get a little uh little extra oomph going back to oakland a place where he was a star i i, I thought that that was going to be a good fit for him and probably a smart decision by boone too because Look, he was getting booed every time he went on the field at Yankee Stadium. He, he sent him up as a pinch hitter in the 10th inning. It didn't work out. He struck out. Now I feel like he's got a little 
a little swagger in his step. He hit a ball, what, 470 feet today? Um, yeah, very impressive. I, I think that, look, I, I read the Twitter replies just like you guys do. <laughs> uh, I know I know what the public opinion is of Josh Donaldson. Then I know what Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman are saying. And the truth probably lays somewhere in the middle, right? But uh, the, it couldn't have been as bad as it looked, could it? And now it's starting to look a little better. It's... An interesting case of what what do we what do we do with this? And yeah, you're uh what what truly happened in that meeting? We will probably find out in your Jack Curry or someone's book in five years. But I I don't, I don't why wait? Why? It's a great point. It's a if great. If they point. win the World Series, it, it's yeah, be that's true. Well, that's uh <laughs> that phrase hasn't been on the. You've been in the Twitter replies, and not a lot of fans have been saying if we win the World Series. Uh, except, you know, gotta be in it to win it. Right. You get there as a wild card. And what did, what did Derek always say? You gotta, you gotta be the hottest team standing in October. And so, um, the hottest team always wins. And what if they are the hottest team? I don't know. Um, could happen when, right. When the Yankees win, when the Yankees have perfect games, perfect games, you get Carlos Rodon back, you get Aaron judge back healthy at some point. And then uh, August is looking really great. And September is looking great. And you're the hottest team. Maybe you settle for the wild card, but you get in and and make some noise in the playoffs. What else could you, uh, you ask for there? I I think that that's the best case scenario. Can I guarantee it's going to happen? No, but look, last uh, three times the Yankees have pitched a perfect game. Guess what happened? They won the world series. Why not? Um, Let's, I guess you opened up the Donaldson can of worms, and I, I, I want to, you know, we, we've discussed it a lot. I, I mean, for me, just to give you kind of where I'm at, it's, I just need to see more of the good. Um, we're, I think we're now at 156 games with Josh Donaldson, and after today, I want to say the batting average is around 213, 214. Um, you know, kind of, I think it'd be 22 or 23 homers. Uh, he's been a little below a league average hitter, all things considered mm-hmm. with very strong defense at third base. Always been complimentary of that. Um, and it's, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, the catcher position got mentioned briefly and the Yankees have played their hand there and it may be the right hand. I mean, look, look what Houston's done with Maldonado. It's not a very different concept, right? Control the... The, the value you can gain by stealing pitches and stealing strikes, um, I you know, you can get a very large return from the catcher position. It's just if, if that position's going to be lighter offensively, there's usually going to be someone slumping in the lineup. And if you have, you know, a position like third base that's traditionally a hitting position and you have a guy like Josh Donaldson, I... The homers are cool. I won't put them down. 472, that's Giancarlo, that's Judge Land, that's all of it. And I know you mentioned uh, this spring training that there were some whispers around camp that, you know, last year he was banged up and the shoulder was hurt. And Yeah. So, I don't know, and I, we'd love to know what happened in that meeting. And Well, you guys had Boone on, right? You and, uh, and Jimmy had him on. So, what did you take away from that? We prodded a little bit. I, I think we did get out of him that, you know, he was trying to do it. It was a normal conversation. We talk a lot. And I think we did For get out of five minutes. I think we did get out of him. It was, you know, not a normal conversation. And this this doesn't always happen. 
Um, I think Jimmy's best theory, and I don't know if I'm blowing up his spot right now, was that they might have given Donaldson an ultimatum of sorts, whether it was this road trip or whether it was leading up to the All-Star break. Kind of, uh, you know, we, we put you in timeout. We'll, we'll run you out there. And, you know, we got to be honest. For what we're trying to do this year, you're, you got to show us you got to show us the goods. Um, I, I think that's a pretty good guess. You know, we, we, we never knew if the Yankees would truly make a move on Aaron Hicks. They, they did that this year. So I think there is now belief that they'd be willing to do a move. We saw them move on from Joey Gallo right before the trade deadline. That Yeah, it's, it's hard to not think that something like that was accompanied in the meeting. And I... I guess if he goes nuts, if he plays really well these next few weeks, it becomes some mental hurdles for Yankee fans because if we hit August 1 and he is on the team and then say he goes into another slump, I, I think we'd all feel just like a little bamboozled. Like, how, how could we, with, with this amount of data, how could we have been... I don't want to say tricked, but believed into this. So uh, that's that's kind of all of my thoughts on the platter. Not to sidetrack you, but Please. you mentioned Aaron Hicks, and you knew that was going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. You knew he was going to go somewhere else and play like an MVP, and all-star candidate. Oh, just I mean, fill it, filling in for Cedric Mullins. Don't mind me. Goes in division. It's, it's all about the happen. facial hair, guys. Yeah. It, it is. He immediately grew a goatee, and he's going out there and raking. Um yeah, I think he's cooled off a little bit, but still, uh, it's crazy. Um, I never, you know what? When they DFA'd Hicks, I, I, I gotta say, I kind of wondered, is anybody gonna pick him up? Like, I, I kind of wondered, and then it wound up being Baltimore in the division because I knew that they were gonna have to, whoever was gonna pick him up was gonna have to give him an opportunity to start because the Yankees would kind of make that case on the way out that. Hey, he's, he can't handle being right. a part-time player. That was part of the deal when they DFA'd him was kind of, eh, he's not built for this. He needs to play every single day. And it was kind of like looking around the league, who's going to give him that opportunity. I didn't realize it was right under uh, my nose here in Baltimore. And yeah, the Yankees are going to face the, uh, the fighting Hicksies uh, coming up with, I think 4th of July, right? Yeah. Or, that's no, right. A little, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah four gamer. That'll fighting Hicksies are coming up. So man, that will be, be interesting. Fun. If he uh if he puts a charge into one, he uh he may may let the crowd. You no, know he's going to be making bit. those target field diving catches in the oh, outfield. Man. Like he is going to be playing out of his mind in that series. What a what a world, uh, Brian. We do have some stuff that we do regularly on these episodes. Pride of the Yankees, Yankee MF for some awards. We'll uh we'll navigate that properly and uh. I've been called the Yankee. I was going to say, you just reward it to yourself. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I will. And this second half of the show is sponsored by Better Help. Sometimes in life, we are faced with tough choices, and the path forward is not always clear. Man, is that true? Uh, And whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, anything, therapy could be the right move for you, and if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. Convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. And this is the part I like. You fill out a brief questionnaire, and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. And hey, feel them out. If you're not about it, you could switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Yanks. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. 
H-E-L-P.com slash Yanks. There's a link in the description. Go check it out. Um, with that. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Yeah. Um, I believe it's midweek, so I would go first, right? I have the honor. Sorry, you, Brian. You do have the first selection. We, no, Dare you. no special treatment for guests here. Um, you know what? I'll do a... I'll do a sneaky cop out and I'll do Higgy. Uh, <laughs> I think like a lot of Yankee fans kind of wanted to do, um, and it's I I don't need to replay because I I said all of it. Uh, just how long he's been with the team, uh, his his general demeanor. He uh, Ryan, one of the jokes we we often reference for the Talking Yanks faithful. He was one of our first player guests in the parking lot uh, of 2020. The right, camper right before COVID. Darby. Yes. Um, yeah, you guys had the uh, the Breaking Bad Winnebago out yes. there, I remember? And uh, we it's it's always cracked me up uh, that you know we're doing a podcast where we you know talk and uh, talk as much as you can, and as when people were still learning podcasts, and it, you know people love a good tangent and all of that, uh, and we're like Higgy, you know, you got any any questions, anything for us? And he just in a Kyle Higashioka way, he said, "No, I'm not really no. much for small talk." <laughs> and uh, that that just resonated so much, and uh, the fact that he'll he'll walk around for the rest of his life as a no hitter, perfect game catcher. Uh, I saw Katie Sharp getting in the starts. I think there's twelve people that can say they they caught a perfect game and a no hitter. And uh, Kyle Higashioka, the home run stroker, he is one of those people. So I'll I'll give it to Higgy. Nice. Ooh, oh, you stole my idea, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I well, you know what? I was gonna take Domingo, and then I thought that left too much a Higgy, and we talked a lot. So, your pride of the Yankees, Brian Hoke. My pride of the Yankees award. All right, we've talked enough about Domingo Herman. We've talked enough about Higgy, who you so graciously stole, stole. from me. Yes, I'm gonna go with Aaron Boone. Okay. Let me go with Boone okay. because, as we revealed, Max Goodman tweeted out this information today. He celebrated with three tacos last night from Jack in the Box. Yeah. And I've had Jack in the Box. And let me tell you what Boone must have done once he got back to the hotel. Oh. <laughs> I, I've won this award several times from White Castle. So let me yeah. tell you. Um, the bowl of the Yankees. <laughs> sorry we went for the potty stuff here it's a classy show guys. this is sorry. the place for it uh but i found that hilarious and as somebody i asked a question about the uh chicken parmesan this is going to go on my kind of on my greatest hits album i asked the anthony volpe what did you have for dinner that night and everybody's like oh what a stupid question and you guys are still talking about it the chicken parm yeah. so food is fun um and so i thought that was great uh great color by uh by Max there to, to relay the three Jack in the box tacos. Uh, I'm going to say that's pretty, a uh, pretty bold choice by Booney uh, post game, California With a day game the next day. Yeah. California boy going, going back. I would have gone some, in and out myself going back to some. Yeah. I think I'm with you there. I, I think that's the play. Uh, and Jeff Nelson with another good line on the broadcast today saying he's like, <laughs> they mentioned the Jack in the box and he's like, you know, those tacos are really good. Pause <laughs> at about 2 a.m. <laughs> yep, yep, that's the only time. And that's... nobody goes there at 6 p.m. It's never, uh, you know, hey kids, let's go, let's go get dinner. Yeah, it's always at 2 a.m. Like, all right, last stop before we head home. Uh, fantastic, fantastic 
pride of the Yankees. Domingo somehow doesn't get it. We, he might just have to get penciled in. Maybe As, uh, just I'm sure the. the well, were you leaving wondered. Domingo for me? Was it? Did you want? I me don't to go know. Domingo? I don't we also know. Did, we because that was Domingo. such an obvious. We talked choice. about him a lot. It, it might just be the perfect game of the year award. Like, uh, gee, let me think. Okay, I'll give it to yeah. the guy who pitched the 24th perfect game in Major League history. Yeah. Um. All right, you were trying to set me up. You're a good co-host. Yeah. He might get an honorary throw-in. Not Aaron Boone's first ever Pride of the Yankees award. He got one against the Rays in 2019. Not sure exactly which set that was. But. Wow. Let me change. Let me change my vote. Just put me oh. down as Domingo. Oh. I mean, if, if I didn't realize we were doing this for history, guys. Oh. You know, I mean, I didn't realize this was like voting on the Cy Young award. I don't want it forever for Aaron Boone getting tacos. Like, like all right, change me. <laughs> change my vote. Change what, my vote. What I happened? Want Domingo People go back and listen. Or what happened that yeah, episode? Well, why did he not pick Herman? He pitched a perfect game. Like, can you imagine if there was a Talking Yanks podcast in 1999 and some idiot came on and said, well, "I like uh, Joe Torre in this one." No, <laughs> no. David Cohn was the choice yeah. in '99. Domingo's the choice now. Give it to, uh, give it to Stottlemyre. Uh, Okay, well, I'm. I'm in. I like. I like Mel Stoudemire. That's a good choice. Yeah, it's not a bad option, not, right? Not for this podcast, but for the 1999 throwback one. We Matt can do Blake that. Masterclass, uh, which brings us to our next award, a not as prestigious award. You Yankee motherfucker! Now this gets tricky. Um, in a series one over, not a not your Canseco McGuire Oakland A's. Uh, the Yankees do drop. Uh, the first game in this series, and sometimes it's hard to go back and and think about those games. Uh, I'll, I'll do a, an endearing one. I'll, I'll do Billy McKinney. He went 0 for 5 this series. Um, no super qualms with him, but uh, my qualm is this is supposed to be a Billy McKinney redemption series. This is... Uh, he actually had a really good at bat in the ninth inning. Um, it, whoever was going to get this, it, it was going to be unfair, but... Billy McKinney, 0 for 5, facing his his former mates from last year, right? Um, right. And he does well, Billy's been around. Yeah, everybody's kind of his former mates, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been around the block a couple times. Wow. Town bicycle, Billy McKinney. That's Well, I didn't say that. You said that. I said that. I said he's played for a lot of baseball teams. I took it a step further. Um, uh-huh. Do you have a Yankee MF for Brian Hoke? Gosh, I mean, the first thought that comes to my mind is me because I'm kicking myself as I'm sitting on the couch in the eighth inning watching Herman about to throw a perfect game. And I'm saying, what are you doing here? You should be uh, getting ready to go in the clubhouse. And and um, yeah, no, you know, I'll uh, I'll share that award. I think I'd like to give it to myself. Okay, Um, but yeah, I mean, Michael missed it. Uh, it. I mean, guys, where are we? We. History can happen at any moment. And you know, Michael's got a great excuse. He was in London. I think we'll give him a pass there. And John's uh, 84. So I'm going to give it to me. I'll say, come on, wow. man. Get on the plane. Let's go. How do you miss that? A little, come on, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. I, I guess I was lost in the uh, the Fordham boys aspect of it. Um, and Sterling, I don't you know. The WFUV connection. Yeah. yeah no, they got, to, they got to shine bright and... Take the day, man. Then that will forever be their call. So it's cool, though. Um, and, and that reminds me, book plug, um, about uh, what I was talking about with Kay about 62. And if you remember, Apple took a couple of those games and it was kind of like, yeah. what if Judge does it here and it's going to be somebody else on the call? And there was that 
great push to get Kay into the booth on Apple TV. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. It's not my moment. If it happens when Steven Nelson's on the call, mm-hmm. then it's Steven Nelson's moment. And so I, just having talked to Michael about that, I have a good feeling about he's very happy that Ryan Rucco got that call and, and that is forever going to be Rucco's day. Yeah, and I, uh, Ryan, I, I'm super excited for the event, July 13th uh, at the Strand. Uh, there's tickets out there because uh, I, I, like guys, okay. So I, I told my perfect game story where I was like, "Hey, I, I live in New York City right now. I, I want a tacos and some marks. There's gonna be a day when I don't live in New York City and I can't walk the street and find tacos and marks. That I'm, I'm gonna enjoy this." Oh, during, it's coming, man. During, Let me oh, tell you, it's oh, coming. I, I know. I uh, the weight gets heavier every day for Frodo over here. But um, <laughs> I uh, when the home run race was happening, I was like, I have to, I have to go to these games and be a part of this. And I'm I'm gonna tell stories for hopefully many years about this. And uh, yeah, I have I have some good exchanges because I was it, that was the year I was welcomed with a press pass on occasion that. Some of those games being in the press area before the game, it was kind of stressful. It, it, you know, Meredith would be up there like, <laughs> let's get this done with. Like, we're all, you know, and Kester and the whole Apple thing that you're right. It was uh, it was chaotic. Yeah, I have a lot of videos on my phone of Aaron Judge not hitting number. <laughs> you know, so uh, we were all kind of yeah. waiting a lot that chase and uh, kind of living it every single day. And it, it captured the attention of, of the world. I mean, they were breaking in on college football. It was, yeah. it was crazy to, I mean, just to kind of roll the clock back and it feels like this happened a while ago, but it's just a few months ago. It's not even a full calendar year. And right. Um, right. that chase was something special and um, book plug. You should go buy that book and read all about it and read about the, uh, the 61 Yankees and Roger Maris and how they connect to judge and, We'll, we'll cover this more on July 13, I'm sure. I'm excited, Brian. It, it brings us to the final part of our show. Awards are brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code YANKS. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code YANKS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Brian, this is where I do my best mink man, and it's not a good one. Gambling prompt, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline ma.org in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia, gambling prompt, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net, all games regulated by West Virginia Lottery, please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for gambling prompt, call 888-789-7777, visit ccpg org 21 plus in most eligible states but ages vary by jurisdiction see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details state specific responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance one boost per eligible game opt-in required max bet fifty dollars ten plus leg required for a hundred percent boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at sportsbook.com draftkings.com slash baseball terms whoo 50.72 you nailed it wow that uh you're a proud Something like that, Brian. Um, now, awards. This is normally where we highlight uh, a couple guys we want to talk about that we haven't talked about along, along the way. And I think we've left a lot out there because we obviously were focused on a, a big event, kind of skipped game one because, um, And game three. We've seen, we've seen that game enough. Oh, uh, my goodness. We've seen that game for three weeks now. Hmm. 
Uh, I'm going to give the Atlas Award, Brian. And you get you get one guess to guess who you think I may be giving this award to. Okay. Oh, just... That's it. Whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah. What is the Will Atlas on Jimmy's Award? Uh, it's a great question, right? You'll find out oh, in a I minute. Don't even, I don't even get a hint on what it is. <laughs> it's basically blind, blind guessing okay. based on the name. I'm going to give it to Anthony Volpe. I'm going to guess you're going with Volpe. That's a really good guess. I'm going to go to a guy that will be connected to him for a long time. I'm going to give it to Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, mm. who uh, he ends up going three for seven this series. He hits a home run to the deep part of the ballpark in the Oakland Coliseum. Um, and if I remember correctly, Atlas is the guy that's holding up the world on his shoulders. Mm. Uh, and IKF played all last year like he was holding up the world on his shoulders or trying to. And this year, especially lately, in the role that he's embraced and he's talked about embracing and feeling more comfortable, man, can you see it? Um, and we've, yeah. we've now been seeing it almost every series that, um, I mean, he now has, what, five homers on the season this year? Um, and if I remember correctly, he finished, he has five homers on the season this year. He finished with four last year. Um, and now his 62nd game, interesting number, Brian. Uh, Ooh, 62. I like that. He has more homers than he has in last year where he played 142 games and a full season. And I think I'll double check, but at this point last year, he may not have homered yet. I don't believe so. I think it took a while. It took a while. I remember there was a point where he and judge had combined for like 48 and judge had hit 48 (laughs) of them. (laughs) I I remember that. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm kind of dumb. I, I, but I, I had this right. Uh, I just Googled it. The guy who was pushing the rock up the hill, Sisyphus, yeah. that's who he was last year. A little just bit. Kinda, now he's Atlas. Now he's carrying the rock and he's uh, he's running it to the end zone and eventually he'll spike it. I'm pretty sure I don't have Sisyphus, but thank you. Um, at, well, where, where <laughs> you don't you? want that. But if you do, see a doctor. <laughs> also in the series, he gets in at second base. So Right. First time we've yeah. seen him there. First time. He's gotten he into fine. every spot besides catcher and first base. He's caught before. Let's get him one more inning. Have uh, in in any of your exchanges this year, Brian? Have you noticed? I I mean, it's kind of the consensus what I just said that he feels a little free and easier. But I guess have you seen or felt any any more of yes. that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you, yeah, I'm sure it comes across in the post game interviews too. Um, he he's a stand up guy. Um, he's he's team first. He. Something he said really stuck with me recently. He said he wants to be the best bench player in the league because that's his role now. And so wherever they put him, that's where he's – and it started in spring training. started when they were in Lakeland, and they sent him out and said, hey, go, good luck. Go try to play center field, and we'll, we'll see what happens. And he's actually been pretty good out there um, to the point where when the ball's hit to him, I don't say anymore, uh-oh. Like, yeah. no, it's just – He's going to catch it. He'll make the play. He's not going to get to everything. And I, I think his problem in the outfield has been more uh, communicating with the other outfielders. He's had some close calls out there. Uh, that's something he's still adjusting to. But to just never have played the outfield and then in March you start playing a major league outfield. And then here we look up in June. And when his lame's in a lineup at any position, I don't kind of say, whoa, what's that? Um, no, it's just, no, that's where he's – IKF's playing in center today. He's playing the left today. You just kind of don't even give it a second thought. He's been very impressive. Um, I think 
his attitude, this is where he wants to be. He could have pouted. He could have said, oh, they're going to put Volpe or Peraza at short, and I don't want to be here anymore. And he could have asked for a trade. And this is where he wanted to be. This was his dream. He wanted to be Derek Jeter. Got an opportunity last year. Didn't really go the way he thought it was going to be. Now he still wants to be a Yankee. And uh, IKF, I think, the the redemption arc there with the fan base, I think, has been one of the most fun parts about this season. We uh we did a live event a few few weeks back, probably a month back now, and uh, the fan base is in on IKF. Good. They should be, month. and they are because Yankees fan base is smart, man, and they can tell and they they can see that. You know, he always he took on the media, he took everything head on from day one. That you know, the Yankees have a oddly high expectation for their shortstop position. The same year the Jeter doc comes out. Um, but mm. yeah, it's uh, expectations are an interesting thing, and uh, he has handled everything kind of beautifully since day one, um, being the ball player he is. So, Brian Hook, you get to give out an award. All right, now you get to guess what my award yes. should be, right? Yes, that's how this goes. Okay, yes. first homer last year. All right, was August look, look deeply into my eyes. What What do you think I'm thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not uh, In and Out Burger or Jack in the Box. I promise you. Um, I know before the show, you, you wondered if I was going to be wearing any pants when we did this. So I'll, that was a private conversation. I'll thank you to keep that uh, off the air. Um, we'll scratch that from the record. Um, (laughs) too bad this is live, right? You are, (laughs) uh, I'm going to, this is a trick that me and Jimmy have fallen into in past years. Uh, sometimes when we guess a person, we tend to, it, they're on our mind and we want to give them an award. I'll guess you're mm-hmm. thinking about Anthony Volpe and his transformation that's going on. I was not, but I mean, we could talk about no. that if you want no, to, no, no. but no, my award was going to go to Harrison Bader. And I think okay. it's been, I almost forgot how much fun he is to watch because he does things that we're not really used to seeing, uh, especially on a, Yankee team that, you know, historically has been station to station and kind of, you know, kind of plotting. And I know that uh, I just feel like anytime he's at bat on the bases in the field, he's out there trying to make things happen. He's playing like his hair is on fire. Um, And I almost had forgotten about him because he missed most uh, all of April and then he got hurt again. And then it was kind of like, all right, they're going to have to survive without him. But when he's there, damn, does he make them better? And he's fun to watch. And it kind of reminds you why they traded for a guy who was in a boot last year, um, why that was a move that they felt like they needed to make. And, you know, obviously he had a great postseason and that endeared himself to the fan base immediately. But he has done um, he he's a game changer and he's not the biggest star on the team, but you miss him when he's not out there. Of course, you miss the big guy. You miss Judge. You wish you had Doc Brown's DeLorean and could tell him, hey, uh, just let that ball fall, yeah. and we'll we'll deal with it. Give JD the extra base hit, and it'll be fine. I mean, we might lose that game, but uh, hey, don't run through a fence. Uh, but um, I, I think that having Bader back in the outfield definitely makes them feel a little bit more like what we thought they were going to be in spring training. Or maybe we don't need cement at the bottom of the walls anymore. I, I still have. Don't do that either. Yeah, it's 1962 um, vintage ballpark. Maybe we could do something about that. I, you know what, though? He has had bad luck with those vintage ballparks. Remember his rookie year in 2017? 2017, I think. Uh, early on, Fenway Park, he chased that ball down the right field line. And he flipped over that little fence there. 
and <laughs> Fenway, which of course was built the year of the Titanic. Right. Um, yeah, and um, he he hit a hard, and it kind of messed him up. Is that is that too topical? Too soon, by the way, Brian, that's too soon. Yeah. Oh, all yeah, right. We well. don't say the T word here. Um, Sorry, my bad. Great uh, movie though. Great. Great movie. I saw my first breast in that movie. Um, and now it's getting late talking Yanks episode. Um, Kate Winslet. That was your first, huh? Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Good place to start, buddy. Uh, thank you. Um, I, I thank you, Susan. <laughs> anyway. He's not good. He's fabulous. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. <laughs> How amazing You guys that? have seen that Z100 clip, I'm oh. sure, right? I've played that about a thousand times where... Um, They've got him with the black box. Uh, ow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Anyway. That's amazing. Anyway. Um, can I ask you, Harrison Bader, you've, you've watched a, a lot of baseball. Um, is it like an all-time center field defensively? Is, is that fair? Is that a step too far? I, I guess where... All-time is, is hard. Um, right. I, I'm going to go with... He's one of the best in the game right now. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's he's one of the best in the game. All time, we're talking like Willie Mays. I'm not ready to put him right. up there. Um, but he's a game changer out there. And you saw it. I know we just gave IKF an award, but you saw the difference when IKF was in center field and that ball fell in at Yankee Stadium. Yep. That's a play Bader makes in his sleep every right. time. And um, so I, I think that that's where you see the difference. You, you don't even have to think about it. He kind of glides to it, yeah, whereas uh, whereas other players, um, they, they kind of have to bust it. And, um, you know, he just makes it look easy. And that that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think it was game one. Uh, they all kind of blur together a little bit. But there was a ball into left center that he caught with such ease that I think was like a menacing ball. And it mm-hmm. was, I, I think he even let out a couple steps after, like, <laughs> yeah, I did get there. I did make yeah. that look easy, didn't I? Um, yeah, God. that's that's what the old timers talk about with DiMaggio. That he was that kind of player. He would just kind of glide, and everything looked smooth and easy out there. And then you look up, and he's made the play, and you know, just throw it back to the infield. Ryan, for my final award, um, I will give out. The lucky number award. You wanna, okay. You want to guess who it is? A lucky number? I have to guess a, a number? No, it's it's a member of the Yankees. Okay. Um, who boy. Anybody, huh? <laughs> well, it's a short list. Why don't we go with Anthony Rizzo? Maybe you're thinking of Anthony Rizzo. You were so close. It's Anthony Volpe. I, I alluded to it oh, last right. time that I often Sorry, you were trying to leave guess there. the person. Uh, and the lucky number Slevin here, he had seven hits this series. Uh, seven wow. for 12. The at-bats looked impressive. He looked in control. He was hitting the ball to different parts of the field. Uh, he was swinging with two hands on the bat. Um, which maybe my old timer is kicking in a little bit there, but with two strikes, not seeing that helmet kind of bobbling on his head and ending up with the bat over here that at, I, I call my out, I call myself out sometimes because I, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of baseball. I played a little bit. I wasn't great that, you know, it, it seemed like Anthony Volpe was pulling out uh, on the ball and then, he went fully inverted stance. Saw that. Um, <laughs> and 
And then it it kind of has felt like his swing was out of control sometimes and he kind of needed a two-strike approach. And it feels like that has happened and it's looked a lot better. And now people are starting to chop up his numbers for the last two weeks now. And I think they're mm-hmm. looking pretty Since good. 350 batting average. Uh, like you said, the chicken parm is a part of this. That You're welcome. Thank you. That, um, I don't know. I think for a little bit, the I don't want to say the dream of what Anthony Volpe will be went away, but I think the dream of what he could be this season for a little bit went away, especially with Peraza getting hot in AAA and just, you know, yeah. does he need more time? And you start doing the whole thing. We're starting to get a taste of the good stuff, and it's it's been pretty good. Yeah, you knew. I mean, I think most people knew that this was not going to be, he was going to be on a straight path all the way to the Rookie of the Year award and the Cooperstown like Derek had. I mean, there were going to be bumps in the road here. He was 21 going on 22. And uh, I guess I didn't think the bumps would be as significant as they were. Um, he, he clearly struggled and he had to go find his swing. And yeah, you slice this up here a little bit on the sample size and it's encouraging to see what you're seeing with Volpe. And I think that the, it speaks to why the Yankees were giving him such a long leash and saying, no, this is not a three week or two month audition to be the Yankees starting shortstop. When they made that decision in spring training from Hal Steinbrenner on down, they said, you are going to be the Yankee shortstop this year. And so uh, he's going to be allowed to sink or swim and he's going to have to make adjustments. Pitchers clearly made adjustments to him and, He's making them back. Uh, I wouldn't have guessed that he would do it in Watch Young, New Jersey, with a little help from Austin Wells. But uh, whatever works, right, guys? And uh, so, you know, looking over the iPad with Austin and uh, eating a little chicken parm and gets you right again. And you're starting to see a little confidence back, a little swagger. And it's good to see because uh, I remember I had the talk with him. uh, I chatted with him. I think it was that series at Dodger Stadium where he had finally – gotten a hit and they were hard to come by. And I think he hit a home run in that series. And it was kind of like, do you feel like this might help you turn the corner? And I didn't get that same confidence off of him that it was radiating in spring training. And now I feel like that's back a little bit. I think so too. I I think in a couple, he made a play late in today's game that he made a really quick transfer and throw. And I, you know, think, think about Glaber Torres playing shortstop. Think about IKF last year, the, the mental stuff is real. <laughs> it's it's so very real that uh, it can affect different parts of your game that, yeah, all around he has looked a little more comfortable. And, uh, man, if that can carry into the All-Star break, and you mentioned that Rodon guy earlier, and let's see the next real judge update. We saw him throwing on the field. It, Yankee fans can start dreaming a little bit because there, <laughs> there was about a week and a half there where <laughs> we were no dreams, nightmares. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so is it my turn now to the, come up with an award? The, is this is this where I jump in here? The last and final award of the program. Some say the most prestigious of, of the whole show itself. Oh, man. Well, the pressure is on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it. So I get to name this one first? Yeah. I'm going to call it the It's About Time Award. Okay. It's About Damn Time. Oh, I mean. And who do you think this is going to go to? So I think it's going to go to... Kind of the last guy that really hasn't been mentioned this episode, and it would be pretty full circle. If not, we can still talk about him. I'll guess Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, obviously I'm taking it from what he said last year when uh, 
I think it was uh, home run number 60 when, uh, well, when Judge hit 60 and then he hit the walk-off grand slam. And I remember we talked to Stanton and said, yeah, what were you thinking? You know, what, what was going through your mind there? He said, it's about damn time. <laughs> and I, I feel like he's been so stand up about it. Uh, even on the homestand, we kind of said, hey, you know, hey, you had the, I don't even remember what it was. He had an RBI hit or something. And uh, hey, you think this is going to get you going? He goes, it's not enough. Not yet. And I think now you're finally starting. I know it's the A's pitching staff and it happened in a blowout game that Domingo Herman just happened to, you know, pitch a perfect game right. in, but he did hit a home run three RBIs in that one. Uh, picked up another couple ribbies today. The batting average is slowly climbing. He's right at 198. Um, obviously during this phase here where, you don't still know where judge is when judge is going to come back. And of course we're all kind of crossing fingers that, and I talked to a sports orthopedist who said, uh, you know, best case scenario, first week of August. And we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, him playing catch in Oakland is a good sign, but this you you need Stanton. Now this is when you really yeah. need him to step up and be postseason Stanton and help them uh, win some games, do some damage here. This is his opportunity to kind of be the man, uh, on this team right now because 99 is not there. Uh, he's the captain, but he's in the dugout. And so you need somebody who's on the field to, and, and I also very quietly, they've got him playing the outfield again. And I know that's something Stanton uh, really, really thinks helps him. Uh, Boone has kind of, every time we ask him about it, he's like, well, you guys keep bringing up that <laughs> he likes to play the outfield. We keep bringing it up because Stanton keeps mentioning it. And yeah. so I think it's <laughs> to, uh, that's the reason you guys we keep asking about it is because uh, Stanton wants to play the outfield more. And so he's playing the outfield a little more. He's starting to hit a little bit. And uh, let's see how the rest of this trip goes in St. Louis. Yeah, his um, I, I'm in on Stan. I, I have a couple DJ worries, uh, but Stanton showed us to start this season. He looked like Giancarlo Stan. He was he was hitting home run. His first 14 games this year, he had five homers, three doubles, a, a 900 OPS that he came back without doing a real minor league rehab stint. He had one game. One game, he went 0 for 3, I think. And they said, all right, just hurry up. Just get back here. But, and so he's doing his entire rehab in the big leagues, which is not the easiest place to do it. I'd like to face a couple tomato can double-A pitchers myself. And so, um, you know, if I'm trying to get my timing back. And with him... When it looks bad, it looks so bad yeah. because he is very unorthodox. You would never take a little leaguer and say, hey, swing the way Giancarlo Stanton does. You, oh. you wouldn't do it, but it works for him, uh, his physique. And boy, when he gets into one, it's it's just it's insane to watch. And, you know, um, Boone always says, you know, you're weird. That's what he says to him. <laughs> he says, you're, you're just weird <laughs> the, the way you hit the ball. And he is. Um, but when he when he's timing is on, he can get hot and carry a team. And so. Maybe you're starting to see some of that, but uh, you know, nice to see him at least uh, hit one out of the yard the other night. Uh, we're we're an hour ten right now, Brian. I closing off on Stan. I do want to ask you because I think this is a baseball person opinion, and I don't think there's a truly right answer. But do, I guess how much do you believe in the playing in the outfield thing? Because uh, there's there's now some numbers that do back it up, and I I don't know if you just think about anything you do in your life. I, being more active routinely between taking four at bats or, or, you know, I'm, I'm not taking a lot of four at bat days, but you know, you're, you're, you're jogging and you're active. Like I, it feels like there's something there. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, but the fact is the player is telling you there's something there. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
And so you kind of got to listen to him at some point and say, uh, there is a push pull there. Do you know, if you're the Yankees, do you want him playing the outfield seven days a week? I don't think so just because of the injury risk, but there's gotta be a way that he can kind of be balanced in there and, and get some reps in the outfield and, you know, get a DH day here and there. That's what they were doing with judge too. When, when he was healthy, you know, he plays the outfield most days, but he also gets those DH days and you kind of rotate it. And I, I think that, that's the best roster construction where you don't have a set DH, a guy who's just going to DH every day and he lives down in the batting cage and then he comes out to take his four or five at bats a night. I, I think it's better for everybody when you get that time out in the field and can kind of feel like you're contributing a little bit. I think that there is definitely something to that. It makes sense to me, um, which I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, Brian, I, I think... We covered a lot of it. There's, like you said, we we could we could spend another hour on the perfect game if we really wanted to. But uh, I think for a a midweek Oakland series, I think we uh, <laughs> I think we squeezed a lot of a lot of juice out of this orange. And uh, thank you. Uh, you know, Jimmy Jimmy keeps popping these dang kids out, and we gotta. I was gonna ask how uh, how's uh, baby John boy doing? He. They, everyone is well. We, um, we did some stuff at our warehouse today. We're setting up for a floorball tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. and Jimmy, baby James and baby Claire swung by, um, for a second just to say hi. So yeah, every, everyone is, everyone is well. And, um, yeah, we've got a, how long before you get the kids into the blitz ball games? Uh, I, baby James is. He might he may be ready. And he's at <laughs> he's what, a year and a half, something yeah. like that. So yeah, that's past. I, I don't it's it's already happening. It's start already them young. Happening. Before they get out of diapers, they gotta be playing blitzball. If this game is ever going to take off and yeah. be the sport of the next century, you gotta start them all young, guys. That's what I keep saying. You know, we we gained another talking yanks subscriber, uh, you know, kind of in an unorthodox way. So hey, as long as we uh if we keep growing. No, Jimmy's uh Jimmy's in good spirits and I uh I, I think if you if you see his Instagram, he's uh he's had some big old smiles on his face because now he's got a baby boy, baby Proud. girl. I think he's uh, a, a little less work stress for a little bit, um, and enjoying his family. So, no, we're uh, we're all good over here, and it's uh, it's going to be very interesting, very interesting couple weeks leading up to the All Star Game. A very interesting mm-hmm. couple weeks leading up to the deadline for for all of us Yankee fans to kind of everyone's trying to see how much they're going to sink their teeth into this team because we've had some low moments, and the offense has been tough at times. That. Um, I don't know. I, Yankee fans are also smart enough to know that I, I think I think they've scored double digits nine times and four of them have been versus Oakland. So I know I think Yankee Tam, <laughs> Yankee fans are we're we're treading carefully. Give us some judge news. Give me Rodon. Um, maybe a trade deadline move and and we'll figure it out from there. But um, off the field, everyone as well. So good. Um, good. Proud Papa. There Thank you, you Brian. Well, I'm happy to happy to fill in uh, while he's off doing much more important stuff. Thank you, Brian. Um, I'm excited to see you July 13th at the Strand. Tickets are available. Me, Joe's McFly, and Brian Hoke. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Um, and if you're not already fo- following Brian, uh, you need to for all your Yankees news and some some good jokes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Wait, you don't like all of my jokes? No. no What's no, my no. batting average? What would you say? Oh, I mean, you're, you know, 
You're heading towards the hall. You're in the Good. threes at least. <laughs> Three out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Connie would agree with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Brian, thank you, and uh, excited to see you soon. And let's go Yanks. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.